Toronto, JT, mid-round breakout, OMG, no Lasco, just say no, Carrasco, sing one, oh, Park Factors, RBI, walk rates in case for nine, Papal Bonds, a psycho, Bryce can't take it. Well, while many of you were watching the NFL Draft last night, can't say I blame you. Hope you were watching our coverage on CBSSports.com. We baseball people were watching Masahiro Tanaka's complete game shutout, Bud Norris getting another save, Chris Owings hitting two home runs. You know, well, that's kind of a lie. It's not like we watched all of that. <laughs> I did see that it happened. I don't yeah. know if I was watching it. And let's not talk about the second best pitching performance of the night without mentioning the best pitching performance of the night. It wasn't Masahiro Tanaka. Was it Taiwan? It was Taiwan Walker? Walker, clearly. Well, okay. Honestly, what's That's a more imp- impressive performance? Complete game shutout with three strikeouts at Boston, or eight scoreless with eleven strikeouts against the Padres? Uh, I'll, take- I'll still go with the latter. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I would say that Tanaka's was maybe a little bit more surprising. But uh, his ground ball rate way up. We'll talk about that. Uh, we got a lot on today's show. Noah Syndergaard, biceps tightness. So that uh, led to a bad start from Matt Harvey. You guys uh, had, had fun with the NFL draft yesterday? Enjoyed it? I I thought it was the best first round that I could remember. Right? I loved it. And, and I'm just going to stop the conversation here and we'll talk baseball. But I am so excited to do the fantasy football podcast today. Heath, you're invited, by the way. 3 p.m. we're going to record, so it'll be available for all of you. Fantasy football today, a uh, little drive home on your Friday commute. We'll have it out for you, almost certainly. We might be a little bit later, but you should have it, at least for the weekend. And I can't wait to break it down, so please listen to that. Uh, let's talk Thursday's standouts. And let's start with Taiwan Walker. I'll give you a quick preview of the show, though. Uh, i got to read some emails in the middle of the show. And we're not going to talk all that much about yesterday because I want to look at some early season trends that you guys are seeing. Runs scoring a little bit down. Home runs a little bit down. Uh, DL stints are way up. <laughs> and uh, a lot of trades going down in our podcast league and what we can take away from it. Taiwan oh. Walker. Yeah, sorry, Scott. Taiwan Walker, eight scoreless, or yeah, uh, no, two runs, sorry. Did I say scoreless earlier? You did. Damn. Now I'm changing my mind. It was two runs in eight innings again. No, Tanaka's was better. He gave up two runs to the Padres? That's terrible. (laughs) No, he was great. Two runs in eight Uh, innings, 11 strikeouts. Does this change your mind at all about Taiwan Walker? I mean, if I had dropped him, I'm having second thoughts about that. I might be even putting in a claim for him again. I don't, like, I don't know that it's all that revealing, A, because it's against the Padres, and B, because the reason we were excited about a possible breakthrough going into this season is, oh, he's throwing a slider a lot more. Well, he kind of ditched the slider for this start, threw a two-seamer a lot more. Oh, really? Uh, so, you know, back to the two versions of the fastball, which... You know, even earlier in his career, Purdue starts like this sometimes, but then there was a lot of yucky starts too. So I don't know that anything's really different here, but it's uh, it doesn't feel like he should be available after this start. Well, Walker's 88% owned, so I, I'm not even sure I'm – like if I'm in a 10-team lead. On our side. I'm yeah. sure he's closer to like 60 on a lot of sites. Yeah, I I don't think it changes anything with Taiwan Walker. But if he had been bad, it would have for me. I didn't drop Taiwan Walker anywhere, and I own him in a lot of leagues. I wanted to see this start against the Padres. I didn't want to drop him and then have him strike out 11 Padres. Um, but right. if he had been bad, it would have. So it, it was it was a – it mattered, but it didn't change anything. Yeah, one thing I, I've noticed the last two years, most of the leagues I do are with either podcast listeners or CBS guys or industry guys or something, and, and nobody would have dropped Taiwan Walker. But there's one league I do. I would have. I, I was telling people to drop him. Okay. Sorry, um, I didn't mean to interrupt your thought. No, that's fine. No. Uh, but you, you know, telling someone to drop him doesn't necessarily mean you would. It really depends on what's available on waivers, right? But, uh, okay. Anyway. The one league I play with, like, just random people, they drop guys that they shouldn't drop all the time. Like, I just picked up Dexter Fowler because he's off to a terrible start. Actually, a great Mitch Hanniger replacement for me there. Um, so always, always look on your waiver wire or get notifications on your transactions because guys who are 88% owned might be available in your league. 
Uh, what about his teammate, Chris Owings? 79% owned. Owings hit two home runs yesterday. He's the number three shortstop in points leagues, number one in Roto. He has five walks, 18 strikeouts, which brings him down a bit in the points leagues. But now we've got four home runs, closing in on his career high, by the way, and six deals in the early going of the season. Anybody buying Chris Owings? I'm in. Totally mm-hmm. in. There's no reason not to be. Nope. He's just, just like, and it's not like you hear Chris Owings, and we've heard his name in the past, and he's been bad in the past, and so I think maybe we scoff at it a little bit. But he's 25 years old. Yeah, but he's never really I, done. I think his ownership's like, at a point where you can't really think about selling high on him right now. Um, really? Because I not, think you you're can. just not going to get much for him. I don't think you can sell high high enough. Would you trade but, Chris Owings for Dansby Swanson? Uh, no. No, no I have, but I have Chris Owings ahead of Dansby Swanson now. But I trade Chris Owings for like Aledmus Diaz. Sure. Yeah. What about Jose Peraza? Like I don't. It's not a. It's my buying into Chris Owings now is not a confidence thing. It's not a level of confidence. It's a lack of alternatives. And we know he has a varied skill set. So maybe this is the age wait, twenty-five. I wait, mean, wait. It's, it's not. It's not like he's very far into his career. We know he has a varied skill set. He's never hit more than six home runs in a season. No, he had a lot of ex- he had a lot of extra base hits over his minor league career. He was considered a prospect. I think I think even a better prospect than AJ Pollock. Okay. And he played second base last night. I don't I don't see the uh here we go. I don't know how many games he's played at second base, but he's already shortstop and outfield eligible. Okay, so well, that, I can tell you. he could become like a super utility guy. He needs one more game to be second base eligible. All right, look, Chris Owings, 79% owned if you need help at shortstop. Uh, I'm I'm gonna guess he's way ahead of a, of Christian Arroyo, right? If you're picking up, if you're claiming, yes. Okay. Yes. Way way ahead. And the guy, a guy I think it's interesting to compare him to is Hernan Perez. Okay. By the way, four games at second base, Heath. So one more for Owings, and he's gonna be shortstop, outfield, and second base uh, eligible. I I just said that like 40 seconds. You ago. said four. I thought you said you didn't know how. I said many. he needs one more game to be oh, second I'm base. Sorry. I'm sorry. Jeez, I, I was listening. I just missed that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris Owings, good for you. We're buying in. We think you should be rostered. But I'm going to tell you a little bit later in the show your top 10 WOBA uh, guys, top 10 WOBA leaders from April 2016. And uh, we'll see if there are any takeaways. Masahiro Tanaka, complete game shutout. He gave up three hits, no walks, three strikeouts, only 22 strikeouts in 30 innings. But, you know, obviously skewed after yesterday. Last year, Tanaka was 15th in points, 13th in Roto. He finished his 15th in points, 13th in Roto. Do you think that's realistic again for Masahiro Tanaka? Yeah. No, I'm, st- I, my, my thoughts on Tanaka haven't really changed since the season started. Okay. Yeah, remember we said, buy low, control's gonna come back. He's always been yeah. good with control. Yeah, I mean, velocity looks good across the board. Great. Pitch usage looks the same as last year. Uh, I see in here you put that he's getting more ground balls. A lot more. But. Than last year. Almost the same amount, almost the same ratio as he had in April 2016, and then it normalized. He's always, he's right around the same ground ball, fly ball every year. So this could just be a little early season blip again, but doesn't matter. I mean, he's, he's, you know, turned things around. Uh, yeah. Alright, we don't have to say much about Tanaka. Good job. But here's the other thing we should say about Tanaka. The Red Sox, your, your stat of the day, the Red Sox have scored five runs, or four runs in Chris Sale's five starts. <laughs> Terrible. And they have scored 13 runs over their last seven games with three shutouts. So they're cold right now. How about Kendall Graveman? 80% owned, guys. Uh, another good start. Two runs. Coming off the DL, goes six innings, gives up two runs, no walks, four strikeouts, which gives him only 16 strikeouts in 24 innings, but... Could Graveman be like a poor man's Dallas Keuchel? He's 80% owned. <laughs> Keith keeps looking at me like I have all the answers. No, I just, I was, I thought you should speak first on Kendall Graveman. Uh, I think he could be that, yes. I, I don't know that, like, I, I don't know that his strikeout rate can't get a little better from there. Um, cause he's throwing 97. He was back, he was still throwing 97 in this start. Uh, you know, the velocity's been high all year. And, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the ground ball tendencies with that kind of velocity, it's extreme enough. It's a hard enough, um, a heavy enough ball that the contact's going to be weak enough to make him a fantasy asset. But if, if he does start striking out more too, 
like that wouldn't surprise me. I am going to go a little Dennis Green here. He is who we thought he was. He's throwing harder, but he's got a career 5.59K per nine in 330 innings. He struck out six per nine this year. He's got a career 4.4 FIP. He's got a 4.01 FIP this year. I think Graveman's a good guy to have on your roster. I'm not trying to say that. I don't, I don't think he's like this start against that lineup with four strikeouts and six innings is just a Kendall Graveman start to me. Wade Miley or Kendall Graveman? Graveman. Yep, Graveman. Chase Anderson or Kendall Graveman? Graveman. Graveman. You're comparing him to pitchers I don't really even want to roster unless they have a good matchup that week. Patrick Corbin or Kendall Graveman? Corbin. Graveman. Definitely Corbin in a points league. It's close in a roto. Kevin Gossman or Kendall Graveman? Gosman easily. Graveman. Graveman over Gosman. Yeah, Gosman kind of sucks. What? <laughs> You've been watching him, right? I mean, kinda he's sucks. off to a bad start. I, 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 I don't. I thought he was overrated to begin with. I mean, he's always been very hittable. But he's pretty much always been better than Kendall Graveman. Yeah, but I think Graveman's better. No. Okay. I, I don't. I, know. I think Graveman's made improvements while Gosman. Not emphasizing his split finger as much as going the wrong direction. Okay, but that could turn around as, as Chris. It, it will turn around. It could, and I'll, you know, I'll be looking to scoop up Gosman. Then I've already seen him dropped in a lot of leagues. I've seen him dropped in one league, and he, you know, broke the bank for him. Uh, I hope he's good tonight. Yeah, I, I wish I had I had broken more of the bank for. For Gosman. Uh, okay, guys, anything that I'm missing? Any major uh, Thursday standouts that you want to talk about? Uh, yes. I want to talk about the Matt Harvey situation. Ugh. I'm with you, Scott. I am giving it, him a pass. It is rare that I get as angry at an organization decision-making <laughs> as this. I don't know how the Mets could screw up this situation so badly. Uh, they had a game rained out. I've never seen a team handle their pitching staff so poorly. It's like they don't even know what they want to do. We heard right after the rain out, oh, we're going to skip Gazelman, and all of a sudden he's starting the next day. And then Matt Harvey yesterday, he didn't find out until 10 o'clock that morning, the morning where they're playing a 1 o'clock game. He didn't find out till 10 o'clock that he was starting that game. He had thrown the day before, and... All of a sudden, he's thrust into to starting this game. So, you know, first inning, he looks normal. Velocity's good. Has nice, clean inning. And then all of a sudden, velocity plummets. His control is is nowhere where it should be. He walks five compared to one strikeout in the start. Like, it was evident just from the line, okay, something is wrong with Matt Harvey. Yeah. He's, and then we yeah. come to find out after the game, he didn't find out until three hours before that, that he was pitching. And at the major league level. And, like, it'd be one thing if it was Bartolo Colon, somebody who, you know, doesn't throw very hard and is old and has been through the ringer and, like, okay, whatever. Well, you know, he can handle this. But Matt Harvey, with all he's been through with his arm, like, (laughs) why would they do that to him? That's just ridiculous. Well, the Mets have been very healthy this year, and none of their other pitchers are having any arm trouble. So, you know, I thought, I guess they just figured, eh, if it's just Harvey. (laughs) No, I mean, the the reason for this was that they had to scratch Noah Syndergaard because of biceps tightness and— and that's obviously concerning. Yeah, but you don't. You don't. No, do that you don't. Harvey, not if you value him. No, like, I, of course not. Like throw your not. long reliever out there. Whatever. Yeah. No, like, it was stupid. It was dumb, and it was really stupid. And, uh, and you know, people who tune in and, and see Matt Harvey throwing 91 miles per hour, given the mixed messages we've been getting about Harvey all year, they might be like I. You could use this to your advantage if you're not a Harvey owner. It may be a good time to try buying Matt Harvey. What would you do if somebody offered you Noah Syndergaard right now? Would would you still take it, or are you really nervous? What are they offering me for? They're offering you a little bit better than what you got for Bumgarner. Let's say they're offering you like Danny Salazar for well, that's a bad. Uh, let's say they're offering because Scott doesn't like Salazar. They're offering you Carlos Martinez for Noah Syndergaard. I'm holding on to Syndergaard. Yeah. All right. And so. I would trade Martinez for Syndergaard. I mean. The- the, the scenario presenting there makes me wonder if Syndergaard's not a buy-low candidate himself. Although, like he says, it's not a big deal. The report that he couldn't lift his arm over his head sounds like a big deal. <laughs> I don't know how you can look at Noah Syndergaard having an arm problem. After all, like the, the little scares we got last year, that he was fine. He pitched through it, but I just 
I didn't draft him because I'm worried about him having an arm problem. I think we all sort of feel that way. Like, I don't know that you can feel so comfortable with Noah Syndergaard right now. Yeah, I wouldn't, like, I would not trade away. Martinez is right probably at the cusp. Right. Because guys I have ranked ahead of Martinez, I would probably do the deal. Um, so who do you have ranked ahead of Martinez? I could, like you, Darvish? I would, okay. I would rather have you. So you, you have Martinez, what, as your, like, your 14th or 15th? Right in that range, yes. Okay. If I could get a top 12 guy, I would, Uh, I think I'd do it. Yeah. That seems, that seems fair. Um, my standout, I, we should probably mention that Trey Turner just had, like, one of the greatest four game series in the history of the universe. And he, um, he still has a 540 OPS outside of course this year. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see when he leaves. The, uh, Rocky Mountains, if this hot streak carries over, if he just found it and he's going to be the elite player that we expected, or if he goes back to struggling just a little bit. Yep. I, I know McCutcheon is an example last year, but I just, I know throughout the years of doing this, I can't think of any off the top of my head. There are plenty of players who had big series at cores and couldn't follow it up. It, I mean, there are plenty of players that have big series anywhere and can't follow it up, but you know. Yeah, everything is a little bit inflated. My goodness, did the Nationals bring the bring the lumber <laughs> this week? Um, uh, but really, not a bad start for Antonio Sensatella. Not terrible, like, but the guy just he doesn't miss any bats. And how can you how can you be good at Coors Field with with that kind of you know strikeout rate? I was, I, right, Sensatella is like sixty something percent owned, so he scares me, guys. I would not drop Kevin Gosman for Sensatella. There we go. I would not either. <laughs> I gotta tell you guys about a quick special here, Sportsline, sportsline.com. This is where you can get all your picks from all these experts. They're running a special, usually $99.99 a year. For one more week through the Kentucky Derby, $49.99 if you want to sign up for Sportsline for a year. Members are gonna get derby picks from Jody Demling, a horse racing guru who's nailed the last seven derby winners. You can get MLB picks from Stephen O. He's on a 12 and 6 run. Mike McClure's Woba model, which is outstanding. Um, Larry Hartstein's on fire in the NBA. He's plus 2,000 on NBA picks, $2,000. So, so sportsline.com, sign up now, $49.99. It's a big time special. They're cutting 50% off. Bud Norris, 12% owned. Last four appearances. He has, uh, got four saves. Not giving up a run. He, he might be, he might be the closer when Bedrosian gets back. I, I, there is some speculation. Nobody seems to know. The quotes I read were very noncommittal, but Sosha did say yeah. something like, well, now I can mix and match in the seventh and eighth innings when everybody's healthy, including Houston. Yeah. Street, well, I mean, going in, you remember Sosha didn't name Bedrosian the closer because he wanted to keep him flexible. He wanted to use him in the highest leverage situation. But, you know, since the Angels didn't have any other relievers, that pretty much meant even when Bedrosian came into the eighth, he was still pitching the ninth. He was getting, you know, multi-inning saves there. Um, and now, you know, now he might be he might be the Andrew Miller to Bud Norris's Cody Allen, which would suck for Bedrosian owners. Yep. Would um, you would you pick up would you pick up Bud Norris or somebody in the Blue Jays bullpen or somebody in the Tigers bullpen? I might go Justin Wilson, then Bud Norris, then Blue Jays. Okay. Yeah, it, it would be a tough call, Bud Norris and and Wilson, because I mean we know Bud Norris is a bad starter, right? But I yes. think I think it could end up being a Joe Blanton situation where a bad starter, really committed to a relief role, becomes pretty good reliever. Uh, he throws ninety seven out of the bullpen. And, uh, you know, he has, what, 15 strikeouts in 11 innings or something like that? How easy Morris is relief pitching, right? That's what a piece of cake. <laughs> I, I do remember way back when Bud Norris first got called up, which seems like ancient history, there was some thought even then that he might be better as a reliever because he doesn't have a diverse enough arsenal. Um, and now we're finally seeing that play out. I, I don't know. It's too early to say he's a good reliever, but I'm not ruling out the possibility. Adam. Yes, sir. How is the AM portion of Team Scam feeling about the start Jim Johnson as our only closer strategy for the second week in a row? I approved it. And we're going to go – we're going to go two weeks in a row of <laughs> facing teams that did not have one closer and not winning saves by starting only Jim Johnson. But the funny thing is if we had started K-Rod, it wouldn't have made any difference either. It just would have killed our whip and, and ERA. But Johnson struggled again. So are we looking at anybody in the Braves bullpen? Uh, not yet. 
not yet. A because there's not a clear alternative. I mean, a Rodas Vizcaino is not off to a great start either. Um, and B, like Jim Johnson has p- pitched twice in eleven days, and there is there is only two bad outings of the year. Yeah, his ERA. I mean, Jim Johnson's ERA has risen from one twenty nine to five nineteen after his last two appearances. Right. Can you get a so damn he, save this weekend, Scott? Can we get the Can we get the category? I sure hope so. Oh no, they're going to Miller Park. No chance. Oh, no always, chance. There's always a chance. You, you think the Brewers are just going to sweep them? Um, no, I just think it'll be like 12 run games. So yeah. the chance of the Braves winning a game and it being within three runs and Johnson pitching well, it's pretty low odds. I mean, all it takes is one. All it takes is one. Because we know he's not available three tonight. Runs or less. You can't you can't get beat around like that and be available the next day. Oh, you're he's, he's just available. Day I don't know. All right, well, anyway, uh, Trevor Rosenthal got a save, uh, but that was because Senwano pitched earlier in the day. They had a doubleheader, and Hector Neris bounced back. He got his third save with Benoit pitching the eighth. Uh, we know about Syndergaard and the biceps tightness. Yoenis Cespedes looks like he's going to go on the DL with a hamstring injury, so at the very least that keeps Michael Conforto in the lineup. Did you know that Michael Conforto had one of the ten best Wobas in the month of April last year? I had completely forgotten about that. He was great. Uh, in April 2016, Conforto hit 365 with a 676 slugging percentage, and he doubled in six straight games to end the month of of April. So, uh, and then he was terrible. Yeah, no, I, re- you know what I remember? I remember in the podcast for the People League last year when I was terrible, I drafted Conforto as my fourth outfielder. Finally, convinced me to start him by the end of April, and then I stuck with him for like two months after that. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, what a disaster that whole season was in that league, man. Well, we're not going to have a repeat, Scott. Think happy thoughts. Shelby yes. Miller. <laughs> Shelby Miller, on the other hand. Uh, good so far. <laughs> no, we're, we're fine. We're fine. We're turning it around. This league is my kryptonite. Um, we have a good team. I promise we're making the playoffs. Shelby Miller, partially torn UCL. I think Archie Bradley is going to make a start for them probably beginning next week. So what do you guys think? Are you, are you ready to pick him up? Yesterday, Chris kind of poo-pooed it. Scott Heath. I would have to see Bradley make a good start and go more, go five innings pitching well before I'm adding him. Okay. Uh, George Springer and Jose Altuve sat yesterday. I think Altuve pinch hit. Francisco Lindor hit a 456 foot homer off Chris Davinsky and he said, quote, I'm not supposed to be hitting the ball that far, end quote. Yeah. Okay. Lindor got some pop this year. Arizona manager Terry Lavello said Fernando Rodney is his closer. What's the deal with Rich Hill, guys? Is he going to come back in the bullpen? What's the latest? What have you heard or read? Uh, you know, it, this idea is not dying. Every time Dave Roberts talks about Rich Hill, he talks about this possibility. So it just seems like there's enough smoke here that I'm now kind of expecting it. Has you know, it's not final. Uh, Roberts said Alex Wood would at least make. One more start, which some beat writers took as, you know, even kind of a stronger indication Hill was going to the bullpen, except I don't really know what that means because there's no room for Alex Wood even before <laughs> yeah. you factor in Rich Hill. You know, with Arias up, they're, they're already dealing with six men. Well, do you think Arias just goes back down? No. The, uh, they've said he'll be up for the rest of the year, right? That's, Didn't yeah. They, they've had, I don't know if they have 100% said that, but they at least have hinted that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a long-term thing. Right, I think so too. Um, you know, I'm not, look, you, you draft, like, there's not much, there's not much reason to think Rich Hill won't be, if he is returned to a starting role, he won't be, you know, really great ratios guy. And obviously you drafted him probably anticipating there would be a DL stint at some point. So, you know, you're not dropping him before he even comes off the DL. You want to see the way this plays out. And if they do indeed actually make this move of him to the bullpen. But then beyond that, I'm not sure, at least in categories league, I'm not sure you drop him even if he is put in the bullpen because I could see it being like sort of a Chris Davinsky role. I think we are going to see a lot more of those types of relievers develop, um, you know, starting with Andrew Miller in the playoffs last year. And then it's passed on to Chris Davinsky and just that multi-inning reliever with excellent ratios and 150 strikeout potential. Gary Sanchez will begin a rehab assignment Tuesday. Didi Gregorius will be back today. Is anybody other than me excited about this? Nope. Okay. Aaron's famous last words. Aaron Sanchez could start Sunday, which would move Marco Estrada to Monday. 
and Adrian Gonzalez sat against a lefty. Oh, I gotta tell you about Indochino. Tuesday was a good day for me. A rare day. Is like, Heath sees how I dress every day on Skype. A rare day when I'm the best dressed person in a room, but I went to a ceremony on Tuesday. I got to wear my Indochino suit. I customized the entire thing. The pants, the pockets, the lapel, the buttons, the monogram, the jacket lining. Such a cool, unique thing to have. And of course, it fits me perfectly, and I just, I honestly feel good wearing it. My Indochino suit is the only piece of clothing I own that I actually get excited to wear. So get that feeling. Go to Indochino.com. We're saving you 50%. 50% on an amazing suit with our promo code FBT. FBT is in fantasy baseball today when you check out at Indochino.com. So either visit a showroom or shop online at Indochino.com. Design your suit. Submit your measurements. In a few weeks, you're going to have the best suit you've ever owned. Get any premium Indochino suit for $389 at Indochino.com when you enter FBT at checkout. That's 50% off and free shipping, Indochino.com, promo code FBT. Let's do the Hey Real Quick segment again. Hey Real Quick, guys, would you rather have Bryce Harper or Manny Machado? Harper. Harper. Even with the shortstop thing? Yep. Yeah. Okay, gosh. I'd rather have Harper than anyone but Mike Trout. I did write on CBSSports.com this yesterday that Manny Machado is one of the five hitters most primed for quote-unquote positive regression. I mean, he's gonna, he's gonna crush He's hitting the crap out of the ball. Yeah, it's tough with Harper. You know, you know how great he is. You know how injured, injury prone he is. But man, he's just, just been incredible. Um, hey, real quick. Is Corey Seager really this much better than Carlos Correa? No, Correa was also in that article. Oh, good, good. (laughs) Man, I need that. Come on, Carlos Correa. Uh, hey, real quick, guys. Uh, is Julio Arias really much different than Blake Snell? Um, yes, he is. He doesn't have, you know, Blake Snell's minor league career was defined as much by his walks as anything else. It's interesting you bring up the walks for Urias, though, because the little bit of time he spent in the minors, he he did have a high number of walks, and then obviously four walks and five and third, five and a third innings this first start. But three of those walks came in the fifth and sixth innings, three of the four. And one was intentional. Maybe that's not even an observation worth making because for him to be effective in fantasy, he has to pitch into the fifth and sixth innings. But I just thought it was interesting that for most of that start, it looked like the walks weren't even an issue. I would say the difference is that he gets to pitch in the National League and he gets to pitch for a really good team. Did you know that, uh, ooh, let's see, I have the stat. I have the stat. Where are you? Oh, five of the top six scoring teams are in the National League this year. Interesting. Washington, Weird, Arizona. What? Coors exists. Wh- who? Uh? Coors and Miller Park. A lot of games there in the first uh, three weeks of the season. Yeah, it's it's Washington, Arizona, Milwaukee, Seattle, Chicago, and Colorado. Last year, however, three of the top four were National League, but a lot of the bottom feeders were NL as well. Um. Yeah. No. It just occurred to me like I really like Arias and I really don't like Blake Snell. And I guess the difference is. Arias at least had some seasons in the minors where he had great control, uh, whereas, as Scott mentioned, not the case with Snell. But it is it is something to watch. I don't think he can be a high walk guy and be really good in fantasy. So can I add one no. thing to the hey real quick? Yeah, just just real real quick. <laughs> yeah, we do this thing at our desks. We all, me and Chris and Scott all sit next to each other, and I will stand up and say trivia time and start giving the guys oh. an opportunity to guess. Names, right? And and we do this, and everybody likes it. I like it the most. They get they get really annoyed. Yeah, but I, think I, I know look where you're over going here. Scott, and he's not paying attention. Right? He's not guessing. I'm like, what's Scott doing? And he has a peep on a stick in one hand, <laughs> and his cell phone in the other hand. I'm like, what is going on? And then it gets worse. Scott sticks the peep into his hot tea. And starts swirling it around and recording this on his cell phone. I'm like, what are you doing? It was revolting in so it was many awful. ways. It's on Twitter, what but was revolting about it. A the, peep? The, the, oh. the story's not quite done. Okay, sorry. The best part for me was that after this, I tell Scott, well, you should at least put that on Facebook. He said, I think I'll put it on Twitter. <laughs> but I don't really know how to put a video from my phone on Twitter. I was like, just put it on the app. 
I don't have the Twitter app. I just go onto my browser on my cell phone. So Scott what? goes to Internet Explorer on his phone and logs into Twitter and tries to put a video on Twitter that way. So he downloaded the Twitter app yesterday. Good for you. Welcome to the Twitter app. <laughs> like, I don't, uh, I look, I don't really like tea at all, but I, I'm not going to fault people for liking tea. But I am going to fault people for liking Peeps. They are, without question, the grossest candy or I whatever. You... I don't understand why people feel I, – I, okay, I have a strong opinion on this. <laughs> I do. I do. It's a sugar-covered marshmallow. And, okay? and somehow it's so bad. Like how do it's they screw not, that it up? It's like a sugar-covered marshmallow. I don't – I think this is what happened, and this is so – such a modern times thing. I think no. somebody famous – decided that what? peeps are gross no. and made a big stink about it somewhere. No. And that converted all the people who were on the fence about peeps, no strong opinion one way or another. No. And they made, it made them feel like they're not supposed to like peeps, <laughs> that peeps are obviously a gross thing. No, no matter how Plenty you of feel about like peeps. peeps. I, I think the, the stores are sh- are are shelved with like stocked with okay. them. P- the, the value of peeps is irrelevant. You stuck a peep on a stick and put it in your <laughs> tea. <laughs> I thought it'd be a funny image, and I needed to see my tea. And it worked, by the way. You it said worked. it tasted awful. No, no, it it tasted like mildly sweetened tea. Well, frothy. <laughs> I think your theory about peeps is just crazy. I think more likely a famous person had a peep, got food poisoning, and went to the hospital along with like seventy other people, and we all well, decided peeps are sense. peeps what are the peeps worst. Are everything that's wrong with America? No, Pe- peeps, peeps are, are good. Terrible. Hey, peeps real quick, great. Scott White. Uh, who are the top prospects to stash right now? Go. The top prospects to stash right now are Yohan Mankata, who's 75% owned, so that's pretty obvious. Um, I think the second one is Lewis Brinson, who, uh, is hitting like 380 at AAA, just like he did after joining the Brewers last year, by the way, and Keon Broxton is, uh, falling out of favor pretty quickly here. Okay. I think Lewis Brinson, it's good chance he's up before the end of May. Uh, I still think that um, Franklin Beretta is among that group. He's been hot since the last time we talked about Please him. say team in position. Franklin Beretta, shortstop for the Athletics. Obviously, they have a need there with Marcus Simeon out for a long time. And after that, um, I do still have Bradley Zimmer among the five, but more for a lack of alternatives. I've been pretty discouraged by the way he performed at AAA, especially after he had such a great performance this spring. That's Bradley Zimmer, an Indians outfielder. No pitchers that were this year at Seas. Josh, well, Josh Stallmont really should have made the list. He's been on fire for the Royals. I have, I've oh, only gosh. named four names. It's five every week in the column, five to stash, and the fifth one is a pitcher, Jose Barrios, who once okay. again is – Rocking and rolling at AAA, like a 144 ERA, more than a strikeout per inning. The control's fine. I say once again that way because he was great at AAA last year and then came up to the majors and had an ERA over eight because he refused to pitch in the strike zone. So I, I kind of feel like it's just a mental hurdle for him. And um, eventually it's going to click. Okay, Jose, the, Jose, uh, on May 6th, so I think Barrios will be up then. Jose Baruxton, right? Jose Baruxton. Nice. <laughs> I mean, is there something with the Twins where they just screw up all their prospects? I don't know. They have, they are quadruple A superstars over there. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for the prospect report. So I want to talk about early season trends and some things you've noticed in, in fantasy and, you know, DL stints, according to ESPN.com article I read, uh, are up 12% over the first 25 days of the season this year over last year. Makes sense. 10-day DL. 12% is a pretty big deal. Do you think commissioners should add an extra DL spot? I think this is something we'll have to review all season long. I, I do think it's it's um, it's likely that beginning next year, I feel like the standard is kind of two DL spots, and maybe that standard will become three or four. I think we should, yeah, I think we should try to make the standard three to four next year. I yeah. don't think we should make changes in the middle of the year, though. Well, and and it's too early to really know how it's going to play out. It seems like a lot right now. You could certainly, uh, it fits the narrative that it's because of the ten day DL, but a lot of these players aren't actually coming back in ten days either. Right. Yeah, but but it is obviously easier to put guys on the DL. All right, so let's wait till next year to make any commissioner changes. Um, Now, runs scored are down. 
teams are averaging 4.27 runs per game this year. Last year, 4.475. So 4.27 down from 4.475. Teams are averaging 1.09 home runs per game this year. 1.09. Last year it was 1.15. But what I don't have is April to April. And I know April is often a low-scoring month. However, it's been kind of warm this year, so I don't know if we can blame the weather. Okay, there yeah. is an interesting trend that I noticed today when I was looking for these that may have something to do with it. Okay. League-wide BABIP is 288. That's 12 points lower than what it was last year, and last year it's been within the same range of three points for the last five years. So okay. that's that's a pretty significant drop if it's going to be 12 points lower. Now, the flyball revolution that Chris Towers has talked about may have something to do with that. Flyball percentage is up 1% over where it's been at any point in the last six years. Home run to flyball percentage is down just a little bit. Infield flyball rate is up just a little bit, and line drives are down. Well, if if they if line drives are really down and flyballs are really up, you would expect BABIP to be down. Well, I wonder, you know, if that continues, is batting average going to be the stat that we really need to be chasing um, in our categories leagues? We'll see. I, Scott, you know, I think you probably would have helped me out on this argument yesterday because, uh, you know, Chris and, and Heath, especially Chris, just don't didn't want to buy in. But I was saying, if I had to give up Jacob Degrom for Manny Machado in a hypothetical trade, mm-hmm. I would have to do it. But I would struggle to do it because I just, like, I don't have any pitching. I have very little pitching depth in a lot of my teams. And my favorite team, the one where in which I have the Grom, is the one where I actually have the, the most pitching depth. And that's what I like most about the team. And yesterday I made a trade. I traded Garrett Cole for Robinson Cano. In yeah, the, you did. That's a good trade, yeah, right? You did. Oh, I, uh, I made, cause this was a, this was, somebody put Robinson Cano on the block in this league and said, you know, I, I want a pitcher, and I, I I don't remember exactly how he worded it, but it gave me the impression it didn't have to be a like super ace pitcher like you'd expect to get for Robinson Cano. But you're right. So I offered Kyle Hendricks, <laughs> and apparently he liked Garrett Cole more because he took your offer instead. But yeah, that was oh, a great trade. He made the offer to me. Oh, he did. Yeah, but but here's here's what I was getting because I don't want to just talk about my trade. Like, yeah, I like to trade, but my pitching stinks now. Like. My replacement from Cole, like I got, I, you know, I'm a little unlucky. I got, I got Manaya, I got Gazelman. Like, I've got, uh, I have an ace in, and I have Salazar in that league. I don't remember. Oh, I have Degrom and Salazar. But still, after that, it's bad for me. And well, pitching okay, is just tough but to I don't get. know that you were, con- you could be completely sure it was better. I, I think the the real thing about pitching, the 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 real thing, the what real thing about <laughs> pitching from Scott White <laughs> can't beat the real thing. Um. I think it's kind of like it's shaping up kind of like it was last year where there's such a small number of pitchers who you can confidently say, okay, this is a good pitcher who I can trust every time out. Cole could be that. I'm certainly encouraged by the way his last couple starts have gone, but uh, it's not a long enough trend for me to say that for sure about him. I feel pretty confident I can say that about Jacob deGrom. So I understand your initial point about deGrom. I mean – I I'd have to take Manny Machado for him too because that's a first round caliber hitter and like I have no concerns about him eventually turning his season around. It's just too valuable. But uh your your point like it's it's easy to come up with trades that make sense hypothetically, mm-hmm. but you always have as the one who's actually making that trade, you always have to think of the roster you're leaving behind. Because sure. you need to have replacements for the players you're trading away, obviously. And I've noticed this. I've made a lot. I've been making a lot of trade offers throughout my leagues. Haven't actually completed a trade except for that one you and I made together, Adam. Um, and they're trades that I think make sense on paper, but people are just reluctant to give up players that are filling needs for them. Well, you know? the the point. Yeah, yes, it's it's tough, you know, and I find it harder to trade in deeper leagues where I don't have any depth and I don't have replacements. But um, what I guess I've come a, come away with the takeaway I've come away with just in the last few days talking trades, making the trade, is that if I were going to draft again today, I would probably put even more of a priority on pitching. And I was one who was putting more priority on pitching than than certainly than Heath and Chris, probably about the same as Scott, maybe a little bit more. 
And I, I don't regret that. And I think I, w- I might even put more of a priority on pitching if I were drafting today. I want to get your thoughts on that after I tell you about Harry's razors. Cause guys, I can't think of a smarter thing to do than get a shave kit from Harry's razors for free. Just pay three bucks for shipping. Three bucks. Three bucks. You get this. You get a weighted ergonomic razor handle. Five precision engineered blades, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. All that for $3. How do you get this? Harrys.com slash FBT. H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash FBT. This is tremendous. It's, it's great to know you're getting a bargain, but it's even better to know how good Harry's razors are. I've been using Harry's razors for probably more than a year now. No reason to change. Less expensive, more effective. This is a great shave, a close, comfortable shave. And Harry's is so confident in the product that they're giving you the trial set for free. So do me a favor, guys. Stop messing around. Get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your free trial offer, a $13 value for free. Just cover shipping. Go to harrys.com slash FBT right now. That's harrys.com slash FBT, as in fantasy baseball today. Heath, what do you think? Should we put more priority in pitching based on what we've seen in the first month? I don't like. There, I do have a couple of teams, spe- specifically in points leagues, where I wish I had put a little bit more priority on pitching. In the roto leagues I'm in, I, I don't really feel like that at all because I feel like there's so many ways to get around it in roto. There was I. You can go a little bit reliever heavy. You can do a lot of different things, but I have struggled because I when I've had two start pitchers, they've been mediocre two start pitchers. And it's so difficult when you go up against a team that has two starts from a good pitcher in a points league. It's he, 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 do you know how impossible. upset I was, Heath, that, that you got – listen to this. You got Trevor Bauer on waivers, and I didn't. Huh? And I was like, damn it, why couldn't I have gotten Trevor Bauer? That's what it's come to for me. I thought you were going to say you were upset because of my trade. Well, you got Eric Thames? I got Eric Thames. I have Thames on a team now. Congratulations. Thank you. Team Thames. Yeah, I was surprised that that one, because you, the other day you had made a lot of Thames offers that sounded really good and none of them were accepted. This one didn't even sound as good as a lot of those. Well, this one was a counter offer from one of those offers. Oh, I did a not counter make this offer. offer. Jake actually, Jake and KC actually made the offer to me. I, my tr- own trade chart would say that that was a bad deal for me. All right, what was the deal? Go ahead. I traded Eric Thames and Jared Eikhoff, and I got Xander Bogarts. No, that's not true. I traded Xander Bogarts yeah. and, Jer- and Jared Eikhoff. Okay. And I got Eric Thames, Elvis Andrews, and Alex Wood. Yeah, so I, ba- I, I it think— It was basically Eikhoff and Bogarts for Thames and some— Guys who may be on waivers next week, maybe not. Yeah, I don't I think, think Elvis uh, Andrews is going to be on waivers in a point. I, I league, think but. you lost the best player in the deal. I think Bogarts is the best player in the deal. I did not want to go through the season with no Eric Thames. <laughs> so I yeah. made it a priority to trade for Eric Thames in at least one league. I, too, rated as he got the best player in the deal. But now I have Eric Thames on a team. And it's my best-named team, so. Oh, can, he has money, can I, money. Can I comment on the idea of drafting more pitchers, or is that ship? Well, I, you know what? I just, we got to wrap this conversation up because we got to look at two-star pitchers. So you can talk about that, but what I need to know, and this could be part of it, is early season trends, anything that you've seen that, that maybe has made you rethink your approach or, or just anything that you're noticing. Go ahead. Well, I don't know that a tre- there's a trend that would cause me to change my approach. I I feel like I should have taken a different stance on specific players, Thames and, and Richel being the specific two. I was do, too dismissive of Thames just because I thought, oh, he's not going to start against righties. I mean, lefties, so he's not going to matter. And uh, not really acknowledging that he could force that issue just by being as good as he was in Korea. And uh, Hill, um, you know, oh, a blister, it's not really a big deal. He's over that now. Well, if the blister keeps recurring and puts you on the DL for months at a time, then there's you can't really just assume it's not going to come back. So those two specific players. Uh, but yeah, I, I have had, like, I'm I'm better off in pitching than a lot of people, and it's actually manifested uh, the best in, in Roto Leagues. I feel like my approach is, has actually benefited me more there in points leagues than in points leagues just because 
I don't know. There's there's such a timing issue of when players are good and when they're not in points leagues, so you can bank that win. But um, I don't know that it makes sense to go back and think, oh, I should have emphasized pitching more because it's still such a small number of pitchers you can trust. They're basically all gone in round three or four. Well, maybe you should have taken two of them. Maybe I maybe I should have taken two of them instead of just yeah, one. Yeah, you could have taken Madison Bumgarner as one, though. And, uh, look, and, there, are, there are busts across the board at every position, so I don't um, want to get too hung yeah. up on that. Like, who who is who have we, in this, you know, nearly, what, four weeks' time, mm-hmm. who has joined the group of pitchers who we can say, okay, this is going to be a good pitcher. I can trust him every time out. Pretty much just Paxton, right? No one else is quite... It depends. Like, I feel better about Tanaka than I did at the start of the season. Because I, I, I feel... She might be the only person on the planet who feels that way, considering Tanaka has a mid-fours ERA and bad strikeout rate. I think Tanaka is so reliable, you know, season long, and more or less start by start. I wasn't concerned at all, as everybody who listens knows. I wasn't concerned at all about the early control problems. And he is the kind of guy in this pitching landscape that is really valuable because he is so consistent. Uh, so I, would I feel better about Grinky than I did at the start of the season. I would like to see it more against non-Padres teams, but I see yeah, why that would be nice. That. Yeah, and I, I'm not even talking so much, okay, I have more confidence in this pitcher than I did coming in. I'm talking about I have zero worries about this pitcher. I'm pretty sure we all have worries about Grinky still. I don't have worries about Grinky as a number two starter like in that range. I do. But I don't, like, know, that I don't I know why you would be 100% confident in James Paxton after five starts. Because it, this is like the best case scenario of five what starts. I already envisioned could happen. Right. But oh, like, does make him worry free for the rest of the year. Keichel Scott. Well, I he, mean, we're, is... we're kind of getting into subjective territory, how concerned you are about a pitcher. But yeah. I have, I have the utmost confidence in James Paxton. I would trade all but all but the the 15 pitchers who I felt confident were going to be um, those kinds of options for me coming into the year, which was basically, you know, Kershaw through Cole Hamels. I feel more confident on a start-by-start basis, certainly in Dallas Keuchel and also Marcus Stroman. Uh, but those guys don't really give you strikeouts. So I think the fact that Heath and Chris don't believe in Keuchel, though, like I, I don't feel yeah, like yeah. I mean, I I've got Keiko twenty second now, so I've I've definitely moved him up a little bit. I just I don't feel confident in him being an ace. But twenty well, second is I'm I'm saying the number of pitchers who you can really rely on on that level is smaller than even twenty two. So just saying he's twenty second in my rankings, like okay, Granky's around that range for me too. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean I feel like I'm set at starting pitcher with that guy in my rotation. Mm. I. I well, I'm at I think we're having two different arguments. I do too. All right, so I think we should probably wrap it up. Let's um, let's uh, we got we can talk about that. You know, sometimes I get so caught up in talking about yesterday's action that uh, we don't talk about kind of more interesting things from time to time. So we'll make a, an effort to. I think it May first. You know, we'll we'll really take a quick look at April and what was May first? May first is what like Tuesday. Uh, at some point next week, we'll we'll look back at April and continue this discussion. Uh, let's see. I want to read some emails and then we'll look at two star pitchers. We'll finish the show with two star pitchers for fantasy week five. This is from Jake and KC, who's been wheeling and dealing with Heath in the podcast league. Sonny Gray, 73% owned. Grab him everywhere. Yes, I say yes, Jake and KC. I say that Heath and Scott are being cowards on Sonny Gray and they're being <laughs> unfair on Sonny Gray. I laid down the gauntlet. There you go. I agree. You should grab him everywhere and see how his first start goes. Coward feels like such a throwback thing to call somebody. It's, well, the best thing you can do is just agree with him. It's my favorite accusation. <laughs> yeah. Like, just calling someone a coward. Is this like 1850s? Is this the, the wet, wild west? I, I don't, I don't know. Haven't you ever seen school ties? I was going with school ties there. I wasn't, but that's the only thing school I can ties. think of. Where they you go, are a coward! Cowards! Um, no, uh, I, I feel like we unfairly maligned Sonny Gray who in 2014 and 15 was a top 16, 16th in points, 22nd in Roto in 2014, 11th in points, 13th in Roto in 2015. I don't. I feel like we have we have just cast him aside, and he could go all Dallas Keuchel on us. I don't think he can go all Dallas Keuchel on us. That's that's my main, and I, I put a bigger emphasis on last year's disaster. 
Like he was bad, he was hurt, and his defense was one of the worst in the majors. And he is a contact pitcher that's very low strike strikeout guy that needs his defense to be good. And it was great in 2014 and 15. It's not good now. So I I think Gray could pitch really well and be a top 40 starting pitcher. Or he could just suck and you cut him, but you should add him and see what he looks like. I, I shouldn't, I, he, sh- he can't be Keiko. He's not as good as Keiko. I will, I will say that, but I just think he could. He was, what, second, third in Cy Young, AL Cy Young voting two years ago? He was Keiko, he was Keiko in 2014 and 15. I don't think he can be that in this current environment. No, but he could be must own. So yes, if Agreed. Gray is available, you should probably be looking to pick him up. Next, I, I mean, the email. defense theory sounds like a good one, and, and look, it may it may be spot on. I just don't know that we have enough evidence. We're still so you know limited in our understanding of how defense affects the outcomes of games. Like, I, I don't think there's enough evidence to suggest defense can honestly make or break a pitcher. I'm not like saying it can, it can make. It can I help. said he could be top forty. Okay. <laughs> what a coward. Okay, Kyler <laughs> says. I wonder if his name is Kyle, and I just wrote it wrong. But I have it as Kyler. Um, please help me make the argument to my league mates to get rid of wins for next season. I really need Heath and Chris on this one. We are just at a real impasse. Give me a great argument to use to pitch to them on removing wins next season. I beg of you. Chris Sale got a loss last night. <laughs> but do we need to go any farther? Like wins it, and it's losses. A, it's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> like that, just, just show them the box score from Chris Sale. Show them Chris Sale's one win-loss record for 2017 and all of his other stats and say, does this make any sense? I like, I, I still like wins in fantasy. I, I agree it's a dumb stat and <laughs> too much has been made of it throughout the history of baseball, but I do like that small degree of randomness. Um, that, you know, there, there is still some predictability to it maybe not on a start-by-start basis but over the long haul of a season you can look at a pitcher's profile his supporting cast and say okay this guy is probably going to have more wins than this guy okay next email is from the j train grade the trade give up gary sanchez get michael brantley in a 14 team 12 category league he already has wilson Contreras, so give up gary sanchez get michael brantley b plus i give it um, I'll give it a C minus. Well, as Ooh, Brantley actually, as Brantley gets ready to come back, I just I think it's important to remember, Mike. Uh, oh, not Brantley, Sanchez. Sanchez. Gary Sanchez, Sanchez ready. was terrible before going on the DL, and what? it was like what four games? No, it was more Six than that. games, but terrible. <laughs> and I was concerned about him coming into the year. Anyway, I think I was the only one. Um. Yeah. You remember I, how terrible Trey Turner was? Yeah. Until, honestly, until Coorsfield. Does Gary Sanchez go to Coors Field? No, he quick? doesn't. Not this year. Are, are Are you arguing Trey Turner is no longer good once he leaves Coors? I said at the beginning it will be interesting to see what Trey Turner does outside of Coors. I, I agree. don't think that it's a just complete coincidence that he broke out when he went to Coors Field. Okay. I think. Okay. Well. All right. I just want to bring it up. Whatever. No. I think the. Maybe better than saying he was awful the first five games of the season. It was five games. Um, is saying that we didn't expect Gary Sanchez to match what he did last year. I think he's going to have a bad batting average. That's what I think. There's, I think there's a decent chance of that. And Michael Brantley's been outstanding. Well, what round would you draft Brantley in if we were redrafting today? Seven-ish. Still later than Sanchez. Um, I might... I might draft him a little higher than that. And by the way, C minus is means it's almost dead even. I'd just rather have Sanchez. It's a scarcer position. Um all right, let me uh read one more email here and then we'll do two star pitchers. From which one do I want to read? From Ashton. Dear Beecher, McManus, and O'Reilly. Feels like the wire to me. But I don't know. I say that a lot. Uh, can you rank these closers? Hector Neris, Matt Bush, Cam Bedrosian. Bush, Neris, Bedrosian. Agreed. Beecher, McManus, O'Reilly. Oh, Oz. Oz. Never saw it. All right, let's get some two-star pitchers for Fantasy Week 5. Start or sit, Clayton Kershaw. Oh, it's got 
Clayton Kershaw has the Giants at home and at the Padres. If we don't, if you as a Clayton Kershaw owner don't win next week, you've got some explaining to do. Okay, you're gonna be off to it a means great you start. Got, uh, it means he got Chris sailed, right, Heath? Does Does Team Scam have Clayton Kershaw? Oh yes. See, we're gonna. You win. have no excuse no, because we... getting Chris Sale doesn't hurt you in Thor the People League because That's it's quality true. starts instead. Quality starts. Quality starts is so annoying. Well, people are going to have to make the decision on Noah Syndergaard currently lined up to be a two-star pitcher. I'm sure you'll start him if you get good news. Um, okay, let's see. Any questionable ones here? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, all right, let's go to the fringy ones then. Well, let's start Robert Gazelman at Atlanta, home against Miami. Start or sit? I thought he was going to be a two-star pitcher this week. With those matchups... Uh, I did drop him in one league after this last start just because I felt like I could get away with dropping him. Uh, but I still like him, and I think those matchups are good enough that I can recommend him, yeah. Sean Manaya, again, wait and see, at Minnesota, home against Detroit. Uh, the reason why I was so excited about Trevor Bauer, by the way, is because Detroit is a really good matchup right now, assuming they don't get Miguel Cabrera back. But, but they have a bad lineup at the moment. Um, so you got Manaya. Uh, with Minnesota and Detroit, yeah, I, I guess I'd start him. But he just left with an arm injury, so I don't think it's a slam dunk. So, boring. Let's go to Hellickson. Jeremy Hellickson has been great this year. But <laughs> his two starts are at the Cubs and home against the Nationals, and he doesn't strike anyone out. Starter sit, Jeremy Hellickson. Sit. He really doesn't strike anyone out. Like, literally doesn't strike anyone out. <laughs> Um, yeah, I sit him with those two. Those are the be- those are the two best teams in baseball, I think, the Cubs and the Nationals. Have you written the article, by the way, Scott, the two-star pitcher article? No. Okay, so you don't have your, your recommendations off the top of your head? No, not off the top of my head. All right, well, I'm sure you're looking at the list. Wei-Yin Chen has Tampa Bay and at the Mets. That's not so bad if you want to take a gamble, but he's not so good. <sighs> you know what? A lot of these pitchers were pitchers who were on the two-star pitcher list last week, which is worth... Worth the reminder when you pick up a fringy pitcher strictly because he's making two starts, one rain out, and that advantage is gone, you know? Yes. Or even just if a team decides to reshuffle its rotation midweek. Yeah. This is this is a rainy seat, rainy time of year, so it's, it's something to keep in mind. All right, I'm going to tell you two guys based on matchup that I wanted to pick up. Alex Cobb has Miami on the road and Toronto at home, and Trevor Bauer is at Detroit and at Kansas City. Uh, I'd be willing to gamble on those two in the right kind of format, Cobb and Bauer. Cobb especially. I, I'm i still not really convinced Bauer is a pitcher you want anywhere near your lineup. Yeah, I, I the Bauer thing, the fact that he gets the Royals makes him a lot more exciting to me. Yeah, Detroit and the Royals. Daniel Norris has Cleveland and Oakland. Brett Anderson has the Phillies and the Yankees, both at home. Hector Santiago has been pitching pretty well. He has Oakland and Boston both at home. Uh, and then there's some, you know, some real flyers that we probably don't want to take. It's not a great week, I don't think, for two-star pitchers. What do no. You, you and there's anything? a lot of them. There's a lot of them. It's just more, not a lot that you can find on the waiver wire. You know, one of the lowest scoring teams in baseball, by the way, is Pittsburgh. So if you see Pittsburgh in a, in a, in a week, keep that in mind. Like Willie Peralta at St. Louis at Pittsburgh. I could see it being an okay week for him. I'm not saying I'm, I'm I actually yeah, dropped him. I, I could see it, but I'm right. I can't see myself recommending him. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go ahead and re- I don't think we're going to recommend a lot of these guys. But Scott's going to write the column. Would you start Matt Shoemaker at Seattle and home against Houston? Yes. Yes. Would you start Vince Velasquez at the Cubs and home against the Nationals? Same brutal matchups as Hellickson. There was another guy who was supposed to be making two starts this past week, uh, and apparently he's not. I'll say yes. I will say no. Yeah, man, that's tough. I, I, I'm also gonna say no. I don't, Velasquez makes me stutter and mumble. So, nah, 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 Velasquez. <laughs> exactly. All right, we're done for the day. Why? Tell me why. The stupid Giants take a freaking tight end, and it's not the one from the University of Miami who I've been worshipping for like five months now. Oh, is that annoying? You know what, Adam? I had the same reaction when the Falcons traded up several years ago to the first, within the first ten picks of the draft. And uh, 
just in time to miss AJ Green and instead take Julio Jones. <laughs> I think it's worked out okay. Fair I enough. think, um, did you like the gif that I sent you in response to your Giants Twitter takes? It was the crybaby one, right? It's like, do you know, but do you know what that's from? No, I don't think so. What was it? You need to figure that out by the next podcast. We're going to start using it a lot more often. <laughs> I don't really remember it, but I will take a look. Thank you for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. Take out, check out the Fantasy Football Today podcast and uh, have yourselves a great weekend. Happy birthday to my fiance and we out of here.